Hello music friends, thanks for being with us today. Today I actually am very excited because I have my friend, author Amanda Wen here with me live in person. We are not having to Zoom, no, we get to actually be together in real life because we are both from the same hometown, Wichita, Kansas. Yay. Yes, so I'm so excited to be here with her. And we also, I believe, have the same maiden name. Is that right? We do. Yes. yes. And everyone growing up just thought I was related to your family. Right. And they're like, oh, are you part of, no. Thought you were one of the sisters. But, but you're we're... blonde and you play a string instrument. Yeah, but I don't play violin. Yes, she's <laughs> cello. So, you know, just a little yes. bit different from the yes. violin, but clo definitely close cousin. Yes. So I was like, when I got the chance to interview yeah. you about your new book, I couldn't help but reach out and do try to do it in person. Yes. So yes, well, can you tell us a little bit about your background in both music and writing, since we have both those things okay. in common? Uh, music, I started piano when I was five and cello when I was nine and actually went to college for music and have two degrees in cello performance. And so nice. uh, naturally, that's what I'm not really doing much of these days. I am still playing. I play a lot, but I do a lot of piano stuff and also um, writing stuff. And so the mm -hmm. writing was I started writing for fun when I was a kid and then got serious about it in like 2014. OK, a story idea just sort of popped up and grabbed me and wouldn't let go. and. I do that. <laughs> yes. I got bitten by the writing bug. And my friend, I have a friend in town who's, she was my middle school best friend. Oh, wow. And she is a multi-published author herself. And Very I was cool. like, well, you knew me when I was 11 and had brick wall bangs. So yes, if you you've go. seen me at that stage of my life, I can probably trust you with my writing. And she read it and she's like, yeah, it's good. Here's all the things you need to fix. Yes. But the red it's pen. good. <laughs> yeah, she got out her red pen, but I'm grateful. And then she encouraged me to enter writing contests and I did and it was through a contest through ACFW the first impressions contest so that's yes. how I got hooked up with my agent yeah ACFW yes <laughs> I met my editor at ACFW um we actually met on Twitter before ACFW really? okay we became friends on Twitter before I even knew what she did for a living and then one of our mutual friends said oh, you do funny. know she's the acquisitions editor for Kriegel right and I said, no. So then I scrolled back through all of our Twitter exchanges to make sure that I hadn't said anything dumb about editors. Right. And no, we're good. <laughs> and so I had been talking. They are our friends. Yes, they are. They are. <laughs> we do she need is, them. <laughs> she is amazing. And my books would not be anything close to what they are without her. Right. She's phenomenal. She knows exactly what my books need. Um, but she actually, I requested a pitch session with her at ACFW. And she read my book on the plane on the way down because she knew she was going to be meeting me. Wow. So when I got there for the super awkward, try to sell your book in 30 seconds. Right. She's like, I love your book. And I'm going, wait, what? Yeah, I'm three quarters of the way through it. It's great. That's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so I don't need to give you my awkward elevator pitch. Now nah, we're past that. You're good. Okay. That's so, a huge weight off yeah. your shoulders. You're <laughs> like, now we can relax. So then we spent the pitch session talking about what she wanted me to as far as like before the committee sees it right I'd like you to add these and one of the things she told me to add was one more scene which actually ended up being my favorite scene in the entire book really um, so it took a long time to get it through committee yes and final approval and all of that so it took it was a year from when I met her at ACFW to when I signed my contract but that makes sense yeah Yes. So that's kind of a long answer to your question, but there you go. Yes. Oh, no, it's wonderful. I always like to hear where yeah. people's like musical and 
author journeys take them. And you still do some music, though, because didn't you oh, just yeah. run a strings camp, like, I last week did. or something? I taught at a cello, a string camp. I taught cello. I taught um, a little bit of piano, actually. Just whatever they needed me to do, I did. So I got to teach full-time for a week. And yes. That was, I have a lot of respect for teachers. Intense. <laughs> and it was right when your book released, yes, right? Right in the middle of your full-time um, teaching. Yes, yes. Because I didn't have enough in my life. I needed to release right. that book right there. Yay. So speaking of this book, and maybe let's actually go back one oh, book okay. before it. So yes. give us give us a little bit of background on the Sedgwick County Chronicles, okay. since we're in Sedgwick County. Yes. And maybe tell us a little bit about this first one and um, the genre and okay. then about your new release. Well, the genre is split time, which for those of you who might not be familiar, it's um, there's a contemporary story going on. And then there's also a story from the past. Um, there are split time books that the past is only like 20 years ago. And there are some where it's three, four hundred years ago. But they, oh, wow. the storylines all intersect there's usually a linking object like an old necklace or a painting or a diary or a, a farmhouse, which is what mine was. Um, yes. It was inspired by an old farmhouse that's up in Sedgwick County. Um, and it belonged to some ancestors of mine that were some of the original settlers of Sedgwick County. So wow. I, I'd never, I mean, uh, the house is abandoned now and I had never seen the inside of it until I started researching for this book. But I always knew growing up that this belonged to my great great grandpa who immigrated from ireland oh neat. and like i always knew like that's grandpa little's house i grew up knowing yes. that and so that's incredible. when i knew the house was probably not going to last much longer i was like well i can't save it in real life because i am not you know extreme home makeover that type of person no so maybe i, I can try to save it in a book yes. and so that's what hatched the idea for this one and that gives it posterity. Yes. So, so can you tell us the, uh, obviously there's the contemporary storyline, but then the historical time period. Yes. So the historical time period is Sedgwick County pioneer days. So 1870s, 1880s, mostly um, the, the past heroine is a pioneer who comes to Sedgwick County from Indiana, which is where my, some of my family came from. Oh, neat. Like I, my mom is a genealogist, so she oh, knows, really? she's been okay. tracing our family history for decades and so I grew up knowing all these family stories yes and so I incorporated a lot of them into this book oh that's wonderful so. yes my my grandmother she is a uh nonagenarian historian still with us today and she had us growing up going to Cowtown which was mm -hmm. the pioneer museum here in town it's still open you can come visit and we would reenact from the 1870s mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. So if you're in, in Wichita, it's definitely worth And it also opens with the historical Wichita yes. Historical Museum, yes. which is also fun to visit because you can kind it of is. trace back the, the heritage. I took my kids to the Historical Museum and they had never seen a payphone before. They oh. thought that was just the most interesting thing in the world. Like you have to pay to use the phone. Yes. Although we do actually have to pay to use our cell phones, but right. they don't but see that. Right, but you just put the coin in the <laughs> If you did have to put a coin in the slot of the cell phone every time you used it, I wouldn't use it anywhere near as much as I do. Yeah. So, but it was, I absolutely loved it. And I loved how you wove those together oh, and you. using the split time. And then, yes, definitely all the Wichita references <laughs> were a lot of fun. That was fun. Yes. I like writing it set here because there aren't that many books set in no which no that's why when i found out you were writing yeah <laughs> between the music and the and the wichita connection mm -hmm. i was i was really excited a lot so of my wichita friends have caught a lot of things i threw in that 
probably the keeper of the plane. Wichita people. Yeah. Yes. Just the little Easter eggs in right. this one and the second one. You don't have to know Wichita to enjoy right. the book. No, though, absolutely no not. But it's the Wichita people from. was like, hey, what's that? Yep. The yep, Orpheum it was. Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know my grandma would go there as a kid. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your recent release that just came out, okay. what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's been two weeks now. Yes. Crazy to think about. But this is. So this centers around a couple of supporting characters from that one. Oh, and sorry, for those of you who are listening and not seeing it, the first one is Roots of Wood and Stone by Amanda Wen. Sedgwick County Chronicles is the series. And then tell us your your recent one. Um, This is called The Songs That Could Have Been. Yes. um, Which I can take zero credit for the title that was all my publisher. I do love the title, though. It was perfect. (laughs) When they told me, hey, this is what we're going to call your book, I was just... (gasps) That's the most perfect title ever. So, like, for book three, I'm not even, there's not a title. Like, they're going to ask me, what's your working title? I don't have one. Y'all can come up with something. You're brilliant. You'll do it. Yes. So, yeah. Um, So this is a couple of supporting characters from the first book. Um, and the that's what I love that you can yeah. stay with the same family uh-huh. in both in both stories yeah. you don't need to have read that one to understand this one um, it's just this couple's story is in this book and then this there's um, the sibling other right yeah, the sibling the sister mm-hmm. uh, is in this one so and the past storyline is the 1950s and it deals with an interracial relationship at a time when those were not anywhere near as accepted as they are today right and tell us a little bit more about how you tie that in with the piano, because I loved your oh. description of the seventh, totally geeking out for all of our music friends, <laughs> yes. the seventh chord. Oh. That was my favorite scene, of oh, course. Oh, good. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you wrote the scene with, yeah, the seventh chord and bringing together that interracial relationship? Honestly, I don't remember that much about writing the scene. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I am um, what's called a pantser, like in writer, yes. okay. writer language, it's, we don't plot out scenes ahead of time. We just sit down and go, okay, characters, uh, what are you going to do? Right. And so I'm watching the story unfold as I'm writing it. Okay. So I didn't really have a plan for the seventh Oh, really? Form. It just kind of, God sort of just dropped it in my lap. Oh, brilliant. Oh, hey, that was a good idea. Thank you for that. that was yes. Great. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really have a plan and I didn't even realize there's a lot of color symbolism. The colors black, yes. white, and red show up a lot in this book. I didn't realize until about halfway through the draft that that's what I was doing. So, I love oh, the color symbolism. Symbolic. And yes. actually, that was inspired by the school where I work. Um, really? The black, white, and red. I started working on this book when I first started in Haven. And at the time, we were in the auditorium a lot. Okay. And the curtains at the time were red, and the nice. walls were white, and the floor was black, and the piano oh, was black okay. and white, and it was kind of reddish. And I, there was just a lot of... Black, and so that's where those colors came from. Oh, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Because they've now it's renovated the auditorium, so nothing's oh. red in it anymore. Okay, <laughs> okay. but I it loved it in the story. Yeah, yes. it, it made it into here. So. It did. And I really like, so yeah, how you talked about, again, for some of my audiences is yeah, musical, yeah. hopefully. So the whole like C major chord being on the three white keys, uh-huh. and then she adds in, I don't think this gives away too much no. of the story, um, then she adds in the seventh, which is a B flat, and so it's a black uh-huh. key, and showing yeah. again how the, the white and the black keys work together. Yes. Um, was a perfect symbolism. Oh, so that was you. my favorite oh, scene, because I'm a music geek. So. Too. Yeah, so that was beautiful. Um, can you tell us a little bit more why that was an important theme for, for you, if you're willing to talk about it oh, for you yeah. personally? Um, my own marriage is interracial. My husband is Chinese. Um, he was born in the U.S. His parents are from mainland China. So, oh, wow. Um, I, you know, growing up in 
Kansas, I always just sort of assumed I would marry a white guy. It didn't really right. There, I would. I didn't object to the idea. Just yeah, you know, that didn't occur to me that I might fall in love with someone who wasn't. But it did occur to my parents at one point. Like mm-hmm. when I was dating, I remember my dad very clearly saying, "You know, I don't care if the guy you marry is you know black or." Whatever, he could be purple with two heads. Mm-hmm. If he loves you and loves Jesus, he's good in my book. And right. I just remember my dad saying that. And so then when I met Cheech, um, we were friends first. And then we started to become more than friends. And so now I is, he tell, is he cello too? Or no, he he's not a musician at all. At all. No. He likes to joke that he's the only Asian kid whose parents made him quit the violin because he was no. so bad at it. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, he oh, didn't like it. He played okay. it, but he, he, he was bad yes. at it. He is not a musician. He was okay. in choir. He liked. Oh, he was in nice. acapella choir. And yes. He did a lot of vocal percussion. Oh, oh wow. But we were. But he we, can beatbox and he yeah, can. Yeah, he's very yes. cool. He's much cooler than I am. No, I doubt that. <laughs> I doubt that. He is very fun. Um, he is. But you said he's the only one they made quit the violin. Yeah, <laughs> he, he jokes about that. Oh, um, no. But he, he did play a little bit, though. He played he a little a bit. Kid. And I don't I don't think his brothers ever played. He has okay. two brothers. I don't think they played anything. Okay. But he took piano lessons and he took violin and he hated both. So yeah. he oh, found no. his true calling. He appreciates music. He just doesn't. He doesn't make it himself, but that's okay because I discovered that it was nice to not be married to another musician. I did discover the same thing. Yeah. My, my guy is behind the camera right now, so <laughs> it's very nice to have your support who can, you know, be supportive of your music. Uh-huh. And a lot of the behind the scenes frequently are these these guys behind us. So oh, <laughs> even if they don't play music, they're very supportive. Yes. Yes. Well, so, in, in my um, book, A Change in Tune, I, uh-huh. I have an interracial relationship. Yes. In my case, it's a Chinese yes. cellist. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, Amanda would probably relate some yes. to that. And then with a, yeah. a violinist. Yeah. Um, I don't specifically say where it's set, but it's Midwest as yeah. well. And so, I figured that it would so be, yes, yeah. obviously uh-huh. I was inspired by in yes. the Midwest. So, um, so going back to your songs that could have been, yeah. I also know you, you yes, you liked ta- tackling different difficult topics apparently i do the other one was the um church music topic and that's always a fun one to delve into but you you had a couple of fun comments in there about different types of church music Uh and i know a lot of us work um in in church music Uh and just trying to balance that kind of historical and traditional contemporary yes and you touch on that a little bit a little bit i my um my past characters are talking about the cultural differences and just the differences in worship styles between the um between their churches because they come right. from slightly different denominations they believe yes. the same core things but their yes. their worship styles are different and they like everything else this couple is like why should we let these external things be a thing between us when we love each other and we love jesus like why is that not good enough for everybody right so and i really liked that and i even think your genre that you chose having the split time genre is uh-huh kind of represents that same concept of that you can have the contemporary, you know, contemporary storyline or even contemporary music Mm -hmm. combined with kind of that historical connection. Yes. And I just love anytime there's like genre mashups, Mm -hmm. whether it's in music Uh, or then in literature. Uh So I liked how you kind of brought that into both the music side and the the literary side was a lot of fun. So... Um, another in fun music thing that we're going to go into here at the end, uh, what got you interested in improvisation? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that was when I was in college, um, the church I was in, they liked the idea of cello with worship music because that was starting to become popular back then. But 
um, they're like, we don't really have a cello part for you. Right. Because most of these songs don't have one. Right. But we really would like you to, they're like, can you just, if I give you a chord chart, can you find some part or something? And most of the parts that they did, that did have a cello part, they were just long tones and super boring. And I right. start kind of just, you know, decorating it a little yes. bit. And I would read off chord charts. And for a while, it was just, okay, this is a G chord. If I play a G... It'll sound good. And that's what I'm working with even some of my own string uh -huh. students right now yeah. is like, start basic. Yes. If it says G, play your open G. Mm -hmm. And as you get more comfortable, you can start <laughs> messing around a little bit more with notes in the chord yes. and rhythms. Yeah. And I played piano and jazz band in high school. Oh, so fun. those chords are a lot more complicated than like G. D, yes. And is that why jazz kind of plays a, a role in yeah, your novels then? Bit. Yeah. I'm not, I am not a jazz musician at all, but I was okay. exposed to it a lot in high school right. and I, I kind of learned how to plunk a little bit, but the character in here that's a jazz musician, he's much, much, much better than I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's the nice thing about yeah. fiction. You can always yes. kind of live like, oh, my ideal, yes. I would love to be this level. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we might improvise for you guys in a little bit on yeah. our instruments. Yeah. That might be fun. Yes. Well, is there anything else you wanted to highlight that um, about either of these novels that you haven't gotten to before or that you'd wanted to share or um, lessons you want your readers to take from it? I think both of these books uh, center around the fact that God has a plan for all of us and that he is trustworthy, which is a lesson that I still, having written two books about it, haven't learned yet. So mm -hmm. I'm working on it. He's working on me on it. But that is... I think that's the main thing. And th these books, like, they both share that message in a completely different way. But, you know, God's timing is best and his plan is perfect. And that's right. what I really hope people take away from it. So, Thank you yeah. so much. Well, can you also tell us where uh, we can find the book and where we can find you online? Oh, okay. Uh, the book is available wherever books are sold. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on IndieBound, ChristianBook.com, all of the, any place that, they would sell books. And again, the second it. one is The Songs That Could Have Been by Amanda Wen, and the first one, Roots of Wood and yes. Stone. Wichita People, you can get it at Watermark, and you can Ooh, also get it local. at Faith in Life in Newton, which <gasps> is just a half hour really? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's in stock, and I, I think Barnes & Noble maybe has it. I haven't been out there to check, but I know Watermark okay. has it, and I know Faith in Life has nice. a lot of copies. Um, so, so yes, go help support our yes, local Wichita local. author. <laughs> that does help. Um, so that she can continue to research the community and yes. share more information about it. But even if you're not from Wichita, you definitely don't have to be a native to uh, no, to enjoy it. Can. So, um, and as uh, where you can find me, my website is www.amandawen.com, um, and you can find my newsletter there. Uh, there's a free short story for all of my new newsletter subscribers. Yes. So sign up, and you can download a free short story. Um, and then we can know when book three comes out, yes. right? <laughs> yes, book three is in the works, and it is scheduled for release in fall of 2023. Wonderful! Yes, and I also have a Christmas novella coming out in a okay. collection in September. Do we know the title? Or uh, the, the title of it is A Little Town, and oh, it is three novellas set in three different time periods in the same small town in Michigan. And what oh, we, fun. the two other authors, um, Deb Rainey, who oh, is yes. multi-award winning, best-selling Deb Rainey, that Deb Rainey, and yes. then Janir Tromp, who is my editor, but also a fantastic novelist herself. Wonderful. So um, the three of us got together and we created this little small town in Michigan 
and we've each picked a historical era that we wanted to write about, and we each picked a line from the hymn, A Little Town of Bethlehem, to title our uh, novellas. So the collection is O Little Town. Mine is called Hopes and Fears. That's from verse one. And um, I think Janir's is called Dark Streets Shineth, maybe. Okay, yes. Um, I can't remember what Deb's is called, but we all took a line. I love the music connection again. Uh Yeah, Uh, Janir's a musician, too. Is she? She is. So um, there's music in that one. The best stories are musical stories. They really are. (laughs) So that's coming out September 27th. So that's Wonderful. my next, like I just launched one thing and now and right there's in. another thing and I'm writing book three yes. and getting ready to send kids back to school here in a few weeks. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Yes, but All right. coming any other way. Well, with that, we will end by actually giving you a little bit of improv on one of the songs that plays a, a role in songs that could have been, and it's a famous one that you all should hopefully have heard of. Hope so. <laughs> Amazing Grace. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed it. If so, please hit that subscribe button, like, share, comment. And if you would like more information about Amanda, you can visit her website at amandawen.com. If you would like to subscribe to my uh, weekly kind of music blog with all about music and fiction, it's rescottcreative.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.